Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. This is the Falcoholic Podcast, the official podcast of the Atlanta Falcons on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I'm Dave Walker. I'm joined by my partner in crime, Evan Birchfield. Evan, how are you doing? I am great, DW. How are you? Uh, <laughs> a little flustered, but ready to, <laughs> to get into some of these questions. Um, because we have a bye week, because we're looking to fill the dead air of not being able to talk about some games, uh, we went to Twitter and asked you guys for some questions, uh, just anything, I guess, around the Falcons to see what you were thinking. And we've got a few, so we're going to answer those to the best of our ability and uh, hopefully give you guys some of our insights into how we think this season and maybe some specific players are going to play out. So, Evan, I'm going to start with the first one. Uh, mm-hmm. This one sort of starts with a bang. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, Retree on Twitter asked us, do you think it's possible for us to make the playoffs? Um, this is a great question. And it's actually something that's come up in recent days between me and some other Falcons fans. And first let's recap where we're at. Falcons are two and three. Um, I, I think you would agree with me, Evan, in saying that I see very, very little chance for them to win the division. Would you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, Tom Brady's in the division and that Buccaneers team is red hot right now. Yep. Um, and you know, what really shows a good team is when they lose players, um, you know, who miss some time and they still are fine. Um, it referencing like Rob Gronkowski, who's going to be out for a little while. Like it was, it's been a next man up for them. Um, and they have plenty of next men to come up. So yeah, I, I don't see us winning the division. Sorry, folks. Yeah, I, I think unless something just completely unravels, Tampa Bay is winning it. So that means the Falcons have to get in through the wild card. Now, the good news is there are seven uh, teams in the playoffs this year. So just like last year, they've added a, a seventh um, spot. So in the past, it was the four division winners and two wild cards. There is a third wild card spot this year. Um, and that I think is the potential path for the Falcons. Um, their best opportunity, if you will, is to try to sneak in at the very back end. I don't think they're going to be one of the top wild card teams, but let's look at the schedule and talk about who's remaining. Cause I think that will inform this question. Mm-hmm. Obviously they have the dolphins uh, is their next game. They'll be on the road for that game. And by the way, they're going to have 12 straight games coming out of this by. So keep that in mind when you think about the schedule. Um, so they'll on the road against the Dolphins, at home to host the Panthers, on the road to take on the Saints, on the road to take on the Cowboys, uh, at home to take on the Patriots, on the road to face the Jaguars, at home to face the Bucks, on the road to face the Panthers, on the road to face the 49ers, at home to face the Lions, on the road to face the Bills, and then finally at home to face the Saints. Um, 
Evan, I'm looking at this and they're going to have to surprise us, I think, in some games mm-hmm. to come out with a, a record that's going to get them near uh, playoff contention. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, when you look at the schedule, uh, first look at the games where you could realistically see this Falcons team winning. I think uh, at Miami is very winnable, even with Tua. Um, it sounds like he's going to be back for the Dolphins this weekend. Right. Um, they'll probably split one with the Panthers, uh, maybe split one with the Saints. Although, you know, the Saints are kind of up and down. Like some games, they seem like they're playing great, and then some games That's they're true. getting walked over. Um, at Dallas is a tough one. I think Dallas has been playing out of their minds. Um, and that's just a tough matchup, tough environment to play in, um, in Dallas. So, uh, new England on a Thursday night football game, that is a toss up. Um, I'd like to think the Falcons could win that game, but who really knows it's in Atlanta. So, you know, that, that definitely plays into their favor. Um, at Jacksonville, I, I think that's that should be winnable. Obviously, the team hasn't won a game yet. Um, then you got to play Tampa again, you know, and, and this will be in Atlanta, so that helps Falcons, but tough matchup. At Carolina, at San Francisco is a tough stretch, but, I mean, I think those two could be winnable. Even at San Francisco, they've had some injury struggles, um, and even yes, Trey Lance started but didn't have the greatest game out there. Um, at Buffalo, I mean, the only reason the Falcons would win that game is if Buffalo pulled their starters, in my opinion, right? Um, (laughs) because it is week 17. There'd be, you know, another game after that. But so if you want the Falcons to win that game, um, pretty much cheer for Buffalo to start like really kicking ass right now. And to the point that they just bench everyone the last two weeks, which I don't think I don't think they're going to do. But (laughs) yeah, exactly. Um, And then the last game home with the Saints. Um, Yeah, that could be a toss up. I'm looking at this and I'm sort of with you in, in the assessment. Uh, I feel like there are some games that they should win and there's some that it looks like they won't win. And then a lot of toss ups. And I'm still thinking that this is a seven to eight win Falcons team, even with this schedule in front of us. And a lot of that's going to depend on injuries. It's going to depend on getting guys like mm-hmm. Calvin Ridley back and Russell Gage back um, and how quickly they can get reintegrated into this offense. Um, that is, you know, all of that looms, but let's talk about the rest of the NFC. Like if you look at the NFC East, you've got the Cowboys on top at four, one, I, I, you know, Washington, the Eagles, the giants, I don't know, like they're all below 500. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think any of those are a compelling wildcard team, uh, at this point, you know, maybe Washington, but you know, right now they sort of, they're sort of, uh, um, sort of hit and miss. And right. then you go to the NFC West. The Cardinals are red hot, you know, 5-0. and The Rams are 4-1 and uh, with Stafford. So one of those teams is, you know, look, right now looks like it's going to be a wild card. Both the Seahawks and 49ers um, have some issues. Obviously, the Seahawks are going to be missing Russell, uh, Russell Wilson for a while. The 49ers, you know, with a rookie quarterback right now, we'll see how quickly Garoppolo can get back. Um, they seem to have some issues. So, uh, you know, that's something to monitor. Look at the mm-hmm. NFC North. You've got the Packers at four and one again, sort of running away with the division. Then you got the Bears, the Vikings, and the Lions. That Lions are winless at this point. Um, and then you've got the Bears at three and two. But uh, you know it, that again, it depends on what you think Justin Fields uh, is going to do uh, for the re- remainder of the year. And he's a rookie. I'm not saying that he's bad. It's just you know rookies can have up and down seasons uh, mm-hmm. in their first year. 
I think if the Falcons can get to like eight and nine, they will have an outside shot um, of making that, that seventh sort of sneak in. And it's primarily because uh, you've got, you know, uh, the Dallas Cowboys, the Cardinals, the Packers sort of beating up the rest of their division right now. And you've got a lot of teams below 500. Um, And that is, you know, the Falcons still have to win games, but I'd, I'd say it is a possibility. I just wouldn't bet on it is where I'm, I'm landing. I, I still think they're going to be like one or two games outside of the playoffs, but I think they could be close. And mm-hmm. uh, because they could be close, if they get hot, if things go their way, I think they could sneak in. But I, I'd put the odds at less than 40% right now. But if you want to be super optimistic, and I respect it, it's hard for me to do as a, a longtime Falcons fan because – the second I start believing in this team, they crush me. And I'm <laughs> sure I'm not alone on that. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs, if you were to ask anybody, you'd say, yeah, they're making the playoffs this year. Even with a two and three record, we have the same chance they do, technically. Um, but if you ask, you know, 10 people right now, they pro- probably nine of them would be like, yeah, they're making the playoffs. So you just got to hope, you know, things fall right for the Falcons. And the biggest thing is obviously which Falcons team shows up. Um, yeah. I think the team that showed up last week against the Jets, if things went correctly, um, they could have easily put up like 40 points on the Jets. Like they they had their best game of the season last week. Um, and now we're on a bye week and we'll see what happens next week uh, at Miami. But a lot of it just depends which Falcons team is going to show up. Yeah, um, exactly. And, and, you know, obviously you mentioned the Calvin Ridley situation, which – is ongoing we don't have any info on that the the um digital team for the falcons is taking a uh, mental break for the week which is great but we're you know we probably won't have an update on that until um next week at the earliest unless something leaks or whatever so yeah yep a lot to monitor but uh i i mean i'm not going to bet on the falcons to make the playoffs but they're certainly you know they're in the running for it yeah, I, I think there's enough winnable games between now and then that it is a, a shot, an outside shot, but a shot nonetheless. And like you said, if the team that showed up against the Jets can play that way against all their opponents, then yeah, you know, they could get to eight, nine wins and get that last uh, playoff spot. And, um, you know, I'm not going to say it's not possible. I think it is certainly, you know, in the cards at this point. Um, all right. Next question from Krasnov. Uh, I love his uh, his handle, Krasnov Deslav. Um, <laughs> hoping he's from Slovakia. Uh, his he has actually two questions. His first one was a joke of, of sorts. He says, "What's your favorite food at the Mercedes Benz Stadium, and why is it the press box food? We all know <laughs> you take a little extra from there." Um, <laughs> I will say. Last time I went to the press box, uh, the food at Mercedes-Benz was phenomenal. Um, Arthur Blank does not spare any expense. They have an incredible layout. But uh, I'm going to chime in with what others have said. And the Carvel soft serve ice cream machine is to die for. Um, You will gain a lot of weight in the Falcons uh, press box (laughs) by eating that all the time. so, Evan, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Obviously, you're in Florida. It's probably going to yeah. be a lot harder for you to get to the stadium. Right. Um, the one I covered at the Jaguar Stadium was pretty good. They had um, chicken and waffles, and it wasn't like cheap chicken and waffles. Like, it was legit, and there Ooh. was syrup. And, yeah, and uh, that was pretty amazing. So, obviously, that would probably be my favorite so far. Um, but, you know, 
we we're not allowed to cover games this year, but maybe next year we'll be able to get back there. <laughs> yeah. COVID protocols have uh, tightened things up uh, as expected. And hopefully next year will be a different story. Um, all right. His second question, which was the serious one, like it or hate it, the draft has to be brought up. Is this the off season where we finally trade back, especially with the amount of holes and lack of depth we have, we're watching Philly reaping the awards of doing so. It's a really good point. And, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with Fontenot, it's, I don't know, Evan, what do you think? Is this the year that we see a GM for the Falcons actually, and I'm assuming he means in the first round because, right. uh, you know, even They've Dimitrov, before, just yeah, not the first, just never in the first. Um, to be honest, I have no idea. Um, I haven't really <laughs> thought too much about draft stuff. The Falcons may not have gotten to the start. We've, we hope they would, but, um, definitely at two and three, I think it's a little too early to go full into thinking too much about the draft. Um, but I mean, it would make sense. I wouldn't be opposed to it. Um, me, I, I, t- I talked with you previously DW about it, but, um, you know, with the draft right now, it's like guys who are projected to go in the first right now will end up going in like the fourth or fifth, oh, like yeah. certain ones. So it's kind of hard to put too much into, Oh yeah, we definitely need to go get this guy or this guy. It happens every single year. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd like for them to trade back and get picks. I mean, I, I think we've talked about that a lot at the Falcon like over the last couple of years in general is uh, a lot of us wanted them to, you know, even in this past one, move back, collect picks. Um, I think it's a smart thing to do, but you know, at the same time, if you're a general manager and there's this guy you want, you go after that, that guy at all costs. If he's yeah. sitting there, you know, and your picks there, there's no reason to trade back and miss out on somebody who you think can, impact your uh team for the next decade or whatever so yep. i mean it's it's possible but um there's no way to know right now <laughs> yeah exactly um i will say the idea of stockpiling more picks makes sense because right now the falcons only have 29 guys under contract for 2022 um so having a big rookie class come in would make some sense but like you said, if if a player is there in the first round that they really like, they're they're probably going to take him. Um, and the the other part of it, you know, the, these theoreticals are always fun to talk about, but they have to have someone that's willing to trade. And usually, to to get that trade, you have to be sitting at a point where a really good player is available that another team wants to jump up and grab, and it's a position where you feel like you can pass on that player, mm-hmm. and. You know, to the point of what he said, the Falcons have a lot of holes. Well, I don't think that there's any position right now they're going to look at and say, nah, we're good there. Like, I, they could literally yeah. draft virtually any position. So if, if there's a really good player in that first round, whether you're in the top 15 or the back 15, uh, back 16, pardon me, um, that is hard to pass up and say, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll drop back five spots to let you have this player that we could really use. Um, so... I think it's a possibility because I think Fontenot is is trying to go best player available, but uh, at the same time, I'm I'm sort of with you. It's it's hard to say. And right now, I would say it's not likely because the Falcons do need an injection of talent, and usually you get that in the first round. Plus, if they do end up, you know, finishing in that like 15 to 18, you know, area. Um, it doesn't benefit you to move back as much as if you finish in like the top five, you're going to get obviously a lot more capital than if, you know, you're moving from let's say 15 to like 20 something or the top of the second, 
I mean, you're going to get some decent picks, but it's not the same as like this past draft if they would have moved from like four to 20 or something like that. So, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's, uh, I mean, one more question. We'll go to a quick break. Um, our O, it's actually more of a statement, but uh, Paul Rodriguez says, Our O line has been playing good, didn't give up a sack, defense is getting better, uh, assuming he means the Jets game. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, I think that is mostly true. I, I feel like our defense benefited from Zach Wilson being the quarterback of the other team because <laughs> he was making some terrible decisions throughout the game, uh, which you would expect from a rookie quarterback. So it's not like you know this is a permanent indictment of who Zach Wilson is. Right, and I think he was sacked either the most or tied for the most Coming going in. into that game. Yeah. yeah, and some of that is he clearly held on to the ball too long. Mm-hmm. Um it should have thrown it away on a few opportunities. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's true. I think our O-line has improved every week. Uh, you and I both know this, that um, for the first time, I think all year, uh, none of our offensive linemen were, than bo- were in the bottom five uh, mm-hmm. by PFF score, which was nice to see. Um, so yeah, what do you think, Evan, the, the, about the O-line and the defense sort of improving both units? Yeah, I mean, you're seeing um... – they got kind of like a gauntlet coming into this season. I mean, facing the Eagles front and then the Buccaneers front giants have a underrated defensive front Washington. um, They still haven't woken up, but they really have a good defensive line. um, Even though they've kind of let a lot of people down this season. Um, But overall, I think they are improving. You're seeing it every week. Um, I wouldn't, you know, go on the, go on the ledge and say, Oh yeah, Jalen Mayfield's going to be a pro bowler at this point. <laughs> like he's, he's developing. He he's only played uh, technically five games. Matt Hennessy's only started at center and I believe seven or eight. Um, so these guys are going to grow and what a better time to grow than a, a season like this, where, you know, I don't think anybody's expectations are super bowl contention. Um, we'd just be happy if they made a playoff run to be yeah. honest. Um, so this, this is definitely the time for them to grow in two and three, two, uh, two or three years from now. I think you reap the benefits of that uh, growth and experience. Um, you have Chris Lindstrom, who I think is a prime example of that where he started off Rocky for the Falcons because of injury. Mm-hmm. Um, and now he's technically, I think by PFF standards and probably a lot of other people, uh, one of the better right guards in the NFL, probably yeah, one of the better offensive guards. Yeah. Overall. Um, and then you have Jake Matthews on the left, who's, you know, not going to be an all pro probably again, but he is, you know, he's a stable part of that offensive line. Um, McGarry, you know, it's been kind of up and down. And I think that future of the right tackle spots in question going forward. But um, yeah, overall, I think the offensive line's definitely been improving um, and, We'll see what happens going forward, but uh, through five games, they've definitely been on, you know, going up instead of trending down. <laughs> right, which was that's quite critical uh, in protecting our quarterback and making this offense more successful. Uh, and we're going to talk about the offense a little bit more, particularly the quarterback, with our next question. But before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. 
We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hit Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. And we're back on the Falcoholic Podcast. This is Dave Walker. I'm joined by Evan Birchfield. We're answering your questions that you submitted to us on Twitter uh, in this bye week for the Falcons. Uh, and the next one up, this one's interesting, from Sam Adams. His tag is literally the Boston Logger. Uh, that's fantastic. He asks if Matt Ryan has a breakout season, do you think we will still, still trade before deadline or next season, or will Matty ice play into his forties with ATL? Um, this is sort of a timely question because, uh, for the first time in Matt Ryan's career, he had two games where PFF ranked him, uh, with a 90-plus or higher score in two consecutive games in the regular season. Um, I think he had that in the 2016 postseason, uh, but um, it's the first time he's had two 90-plus games in the season since 2017. He didn't have it at, at all uh, under Dirk Cutter. Uh, in fact, in two years, he only had one game where he's uh, ranked uh, 90 or higher. So uh, I think Ryan is really beginning to feel comfortable with what Arthur Smith is doing, which is a great sign. Um, so Evan, I'll, I'll start with you. If, if you think, you know, if he continues to have the season that he's had the past two games, um, mm. what do you think? Do you think they're going to commit to him for a little bit longer term? Obviously he's 36. So we're not talking about, you know, a 10 year commitment here, but um, what do you think that that looks like with Matt Ryan? I would, because technically he's not the reason you're going to be losing games. Um, if you do move on from him, you're not going, there's no rookie in place. Um, right. Like I don't think Felipe Franks or Josh Rosen is the guy you want, you know, back there when you move on from Matt Ryan this off season. So they would definitely put themselves in a position, you know, theoretically where they move on from Matt Ryan and they're forced to take one of these rookies um, in the draft. And it, it, hell, if Matt Ryan has a great season, um, you know, you got to hope you get something for him to be able to take one of those rookies because considering him having a breakout season, it probably means they're finishing in the 20 range, um, which exactly. I would absolutely be happy with. Um, but Great no, I, I think we've seen over these last two games um, when Matt Ryan is given time to throw the ball, you're not going to lose because of him. Um, I think it was more against Washington. There was some, you know, we can argue all day, but it was either play calling or the defense, you know, late in the game. Uh, that wasn't Matt Ryan's fault. Um, right. And I'll hear nothing of the opposite. Um, <laughs> I, I, he, he's, I mean, he's got 10 touchdowns, three interceptions right now. Um, in my opinion, it's, he's being more efficient. Um, I think in previous offenses, uh, he was more forced. I mean, he was like leading the NFL at the end of the season and in, in passing attempts here, he's allowed to be more efficient with his passing um, the Falcons run game between Cordero Patterson and Mike Davis, me and you joked on the post game, but they're basically an RB one combined combined um, yeah. that are just being split up. So there's a definitely been a run game, which has helped, especially against the jets. So no, I mean, 
it's hard to know what they'd want to do, but in a situation like that, where the quarterback is, uh, you know, you see it with up and before anybody gets excited, I'm not saying Matt Ryan is Tom Brady, but (laughs) you can see where an offense like that, like Tom Brady, if you watch the Buccaneers, he's not out there doing insane stuff. He's given time. He's got um, weapons that he trusts Mm -hmm. and that offense is being efficient with it. The run game has definitely uh, been working out because of uh, Leonard Fournette. So, yeah, I mean, I would probably roll with Matt Ryan. Um, They definitely still probably should look at a quarterback in the draft, um, but obviously that's too early to know where they're going to be picking. Um, But Mm -hmm. I definitely wouldn't just trade him because he's doing good. I I think that's the wrong mentality to have um, because he's clearly showed, like, he can be an MVP quarterback because he won MVP. He can get you to a Super Bowl. um, So why would you, like, if if he's hot? Like, and I'm talking about like, he's having a breakout season to me. That's, you know, the Falcons are in playoff contention. It'd be, I think it would be silly to just move on from him Um, because even if they had a bad year, there's still going to be teams who would send you some picks for him. I mean, you see what happened with um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jared Goff. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) like that's a prime example of a quarterback who really isn't like doing anything insane, but teams want these guys because they've got experience um, they have been somewhere, Jared golf, you know, you can laugh at him, but like he, he has won some games in his career. Um, they've been in the playoffs. So yeah, I, I to answer your question, if, uh, if he's sitting here, you know, later in the season and we're like, damn, that's a great season by Matt Ryan. I'm not trading him. Yeah. Unless, unless there's an offer that literally sets you for the next decade or more. It's yeah. like, okay, well we have to accept this. Like, this is insane. Um, I'm not doing it. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I think if he continues on this path, he's going to have numbers that are going to, you know, rival what he did in 2017, 2018, which were underrated seasons on his behalf. Mm. Um, you know, maybe not quite what he did in 2016, but in that range, which is ridiculous. Um, Plus, DW, what happens or what has happened when Matt Ryan gets a year or two with an offensive coordinator, even oh, the shitty ones. Yeah, what happens? exactly. His he always has a great off. season that next season. Yeah. So. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, we tend to forget 2015, but 2016 came after that rough season. And if Ryan's already turning the corner in this scheme and, you know, we'll see how this year plays out. I'm feeling optimistic based off the last two games, clearly, but um, if Ryan turns the corner this quickly, next year could be absolutely bonkers, especially when you consider they're going to come in with a full offseason in this offense. Um, the offensive line will have had a you know, full season together. Uh, like they're, you know, you've got a rookie tight end who won't be a rookie anymore. Like 2022 could be off the charts with this offense um, with a full offseason for all these guys. So, no, I wouldn't trade him uh, if he has a great season. And I think the thinking here is, and I, and I get it, is if he has a great season, he's going to have really high trade value. And while that is true, um, to your point, you have to have a replacement in place. And uh, if he has a great season, they're going to be drafting, you know, much later than, you know, in the, in the teens. And right now, this quarterback class, I don't know that I want to like move up to grab one of these guys. Um, I think if they're going to draft a quarterback, they're going to let that quarterback fall to them and it's going to be good value. And that's how they're going to address it. Um, Or they may look for a free agent um, the way that Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith both did at their respective organizations, a free agent quarterback that didn't get a fair shot elsewhere. 
um, to be his replacement. But uh, yeah, I, I think you have to stick with Matt Ryan for now because frankly, um, from a salary cap standpoint, they're probably going to have to do something this offseason because they're not going to let him count $48 million towards the cap. That is not going to happen. So they're either going to give him extension or they're going to trade or cut him. And uh, of those things, I think they're probably going to work out an extension that's friendly for him, but also friendly for the team, um, especially if he plays really well. Now, if he falls apart for the rest of the year, then yeah, all bets are off. I think that you could see them cut him or trade him. But right now, my bet is Matt Ryan will be the starting quarterback for 2022 as well. Um, great question, though. I uh, love that. That is a topic I think we're going to be talking about a lot over the next uh, six to 12 months. All right, the Fat Falcon has a question for us, and he he says... I like Fat Falcon. Oh, he's fantastic. He always does the voicemails. Yes, he does. Shout out, Fat Falcon. Uh, shout out to the Fat Falcon. Uh, he says, how do you feel about Art being the head coach and our offensive play caller? I have terrible flashbacks of DQ being HC and DC, and I just wonder if I'm overreacting. If you feel fine about it, why don't we fire Ragon and use that money for pass rush help? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like Dave Ragone. Don't don't hate on Dave. Plus, Ragone. that's not how cap space works. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> unfortunate. Um, what do you think? Uh, how do you feel about Art being the head coach and the offensive coordinator? It doesn't bother me. Um, yeah. I, I think you brought him in for his offensive mind to begin with. Um, so if you just kind of lock him when the teams on offense you're like okay shut up coach um yeah I, I wouldn't understand doing that um but it doesn't bother me I mean obviously you know he leans more on Dean Pease on defense and that's what you would hope um mm-hmm. because he is an offensive mind he's been offensive throughout his whole career um college even playing at UNC he's been offensive um so yeah it'd, it'd be silly to kind of shut him up when the, the Falcons are on offense. Um, but it doesn't bother me. I get the worries of, you know, how Dan Quinn and we see it now, how Dan Quinn's literally just being uh, focused on defense and the Cowboys have a good defense. Um, so I get that, but no, it, it doesn't bother me now. If it becomes a problem um, where like he's making silly head coaching decisions um, or something, like, I guess, but yeah, I, I don't think it's an issue. Yeah. And in many ways, offensive minded coaches are the ones that usually do better with game management um, because they're the ones who are thinking about the clock, burning down the clock, how to burn down the clock, um, you know, getting into field goal position. So actually, it, I would say, uh, you know, it's a broad generalization, but I think offensive minded coaches tend to be better at situational football. Um, because they're the ones that are sort of always in that mindset. They're the ones who are constantly preparing for it. They're pre- they prepare with, you know, a two-minute drill, a four-minute drill, a six-minute drill. Um, so in many ways, their job responsibilities align a little bit better with the head coach overall because their preparation during the week is geared towards game situations. And, hey, we have six minutes. We need to burn down six minutes. What do we do? Um, hey, we're in two minutes. What do we do? And you know, Arthur and, and Dave Ragone are the guys that prepare for that, not the defensive coordinator. Um, and I think that may be where Dan Quinn got tripped up uh, more as a head coach was it wasn't so much about his defensive play calling, uh, calling him back. It was that, you know, he, he just wasn't a great situational head coach. And I don't even when they took the defensive coordinator responsibilities away, 
he still wasn't a better head coach. So I, I feel like the issues were more about Dan Quinn just not being a particularly good head coach than it had anything to do with his plate being too full. Yeah, which is fine. We've seen it before where people come, come in after being coordinators and they're head coaches and they just don't do as well. And then they go back to being coordinators or college coaches and they're fine. It's just yep. something about it. So exactly. Um, all right. Two more questions. Uh, from Adam, Falcon fan at 0211. Uh, love the number sequence there. He asks, do you think Richie Grant will prove to be a solid second round pick with more playing time? Um, Evan, what do you think? I think so. Um, I mean, one of the other safeties, you know, depth safeties was Jalen Hawkins, who has looked good. He had a great week last week oh, yeah. against the Jets, filling in for Eric Harris. Our highest um, rated defender this week. Yeah, and, and last year against, I believe it was the Packers, um, he stepped in and Jalen Hawkins had a great game, but then ended up having to leave. Um, I, I like the young safeties the Falcons have between Grant and Jalen Hawkins. Um, and I believe, I know Eric Harris is on one year, but I think Eric, um, no, Eric uh, Harmon is on a one year also, correct? Yes. So they have these guys in waiting. Um, I don't know that he'll be thrust into being a starter this year. But if you're looking, you know, broadly at next year and the next year, I think the Falcons have, you know, their safeties of the future already on the team, which to me is pretty exciting because when you've seen these uh, guys um, in action this year, they've been, they've been, you know, really good. They've graded well on PFF. Mm -hmm. Um, They've had, you know, some hiccups here and there, but, you know, it's good to get them on the field during the season and let them get some experience. And then, you know, if they end up, both being the starters next year. I'm excited. Um, I went to UCF, so I'm a big Richie Grant fan. Um, <laughs> obviously, a little biasness with uh, me and uh, I know Kevin Knight uh, feels the same. So, yeah, uh, hopefully he's, you know, going to get more playing time this season. I, I think he will, uh, simply because the injuries have sort of dictated that they, they've got to dip into uh, the rookies uh, at this point. Um, hopefully Avery Williams gets back on the field a little bit quicker um, from his hamstring injury. I, I suspect he will, but that's something to monitor as well. And yeah, I think a lot of the, you know, uh, concern with Richie Grant was, Oh God, he's not a starter on day one. And honestly, I think the only rookie that they were ever looking at to have as a starter on day one was Kyle Pitts. I don't even think the plan was for Jalen Mayfield to be a starter. In fact, I think we can say that with, you know, a fair amount of certainty, they were going to put Josh Andrews in at left guard. And the only rookie starter we were going to have was going to be Kyle Pitts. And I think that's because these, these two coordinators we've got, they run complicated schemes. Arthur Smith loves to use um, his tight ends, uh, his wide receivers at multiple positions and, and the running backs as well. And Dean Pease has said that um, those guys, every last one of those guys in the secondary, linebacker, safety, corner, they have to know everything about every one of those positions. The corners have to know what the linebackers do um, and what the safeties do and so on and so forth. That is a lot for a rookie to take on. And I think that they have just been keeping him on the bench because when you're given the option of playing a couple of veterans um, who also have to learn the scheme, but who are used to the on-field speed of the NFL, who are used to you know what quarterbacks in this league do, uh, as opposed to a rookie who – he, he both doesn't know the playbook and he doesn't know the NFL speed and what to look for. Um, they're they're going to be the favorable you know, players right now. Um, and I think that's the only reason Richie Grant has been on the bench, uh, along with Darren Hall, our fourth round pick at corner. 
they're just giving these guys time to absorb what this defense is going to be. And I think we saw the payoff for that. Like when they did come in this past Sunday, they looked good. They, they played fairly well. And I think that's because the, the coaching staff has taken the time uh, to not rush these guys on the field, you know, have their heads swimming. Uh, you know, they're out there on special teams. They're getting some snaps. Um, but for the first four games, these guys were able to sit back, uh, learn from the veterans, get some limited snaps, and I think we're seeing the payoff for that. So, as you said, I'm actually really optimistic about their safeties for next year with Jalen Hawkins and Richie Grant. I think they're both going to be very good players. Um, I think Richie Grant already showed in this past game that he can play. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of getting him ready into this defense, and, and they're doing that, and I think they're doing it in the right way. Um, so I'm, I'm actually very optimistic about um, our second-round pick. All right, last question, which came from good friend Andrew Hirsch, who forced me to have to go to Twitter or to the internet to figure out what in the world he was talking <laughs> about. And he, he said, which Falcon, current or former, would have the worst chance at winning Squid Game and which would have the best chance? Um, and I have no idea what Squid Game is. Oh, no. I know. I know. <laughs> I've seen it floating around. I'm like, what? As many good shows as you always recommend in our staff chat and stuff, you need to watch. <laughs> I just haven't seen it. So um, one of the, you know, one of our followers on Twitter said William Moore. I don't know. Maybe. Like, I have <laughs> no idea. So, Evan, I'm going to let you answer this one and close us out. Um which Falcon would be the best and which would be the worst? It's Squid Game. So the best, so with Squid Game, it's just a synopsis without giving any spoilers. It has to do with little kid games, adults playing little kid games, except uh, if you lose, it's not great um, for you. Um, <laughs> it's hard <laughs> not to spoil anything. That sounds ominous. Um, so you want to be, the two things I would say is you want to be smart and also super smart um but also i guess like a little lucky and a little agile doesn't uh hurt any i'm gonna say ricardo allen um because he looked he always played safety smart um always had to look you know a couple steps ahead um so he for me he would be the best um i mean there's really no wrong answer here um but for the worst um man that's tough Jeremy I mean, Trubin. because you're basically saying, like, who's the stupidest Falcons player? <laughs> Jeremy Trueblood. <laughs> Jeremy Trueblood. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess. Um, or, He's going to yeah. come after us. He's going to, like, I, yeah, I, I don't want to target any Falcons players, but um, Jamal yeah. Anderson, not the running back. The uh, Yeah, probably. Oh, no, I got it. I've got it. Ray Edwards. Ray. Dude, he's like a UFC fighter. I'm not going to slander <laughs> this man. <laughs> okay, uh, we refuse to answer the, the worst. Yeah. Thank you, Andrew, for setting us up for bodily harm. Right. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if anybody's listening to this and is interested, and you're an adult, it's not for kids. Uh, watch it. It's on Netflix. It's pretty good. And they didn't pay me to say that. I'm just recommending. There you go. And we end with a strong Netflix television show recommendation all right evan uh it was fun as always remind our listeners where they can find you what you've got going on um you can find me on twitter at evan birchfield on the foundcolic.com with all of our great content even during a bye week um (laughs) and instagram the underscore foundcolic 
um yeah so send me in dw this was fun send me in dw some questions in the future if you want and we'll do a little pop-up pod like this and yeah answer them yep 100 percent um as for me guys you can follow me on twitter at falcoholic dw updates for this podcast at falcoholic pod and of course our articles daily at falcoholic.com so for evan birchfield this is david walker thank you guys for listening in talk with you next time